Jesse. Jackson Jackson coming back at you over the 2015. <laughs> I couldn't remember what year it was. <laughs> Hilarious. I don't remember what episode this is either. I just I just realized that. Is this episode one of... Uh... Um, well, technically, yeah, it's episode one of season two. Um, but in the grand scheme of episode naming, I think it might be 15 or 14 or 16, somewhere somewhere in the teens. Well, let's leave that for the fans to decide. Yeah, you kid, kids out there listening, vote on what number episode this is. We'll have a Twitter poll set up all you today. little yaks and jackson rangers <laughs> with your dakota rings <laughs> okay today we are covering the first track of off the wall uh called don't stop till you get enough mm-hmm. a a a pretty unassailable michael jackson track in terms of uh popularity and influence yeah this is this is the big one uh, that kicked off his post-Motown career and his uh, his true solo career that he never uh, he never <laughs> looked back and or he never he never went back on. Um, uh, first Quincy Jones produced track and uh, the first single off of Off the Wall. I mean. You know, I feel like is there. This is so much the opposite of uh, what we have covered up to this point. <laughs> like, there's like, it's hard to really. It's just such a fun and um, kind of loose track, and um, it's hard to think of it. You, it's very difficult to single anything out as being like this doesn't work. It's also. So tight and together, and I would think that if we're gonna start picking anything apart, it's this, you know, his uh, breathy little preamble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is an excellent place to start, and we will we can start right there. Um, I am working off of the uh, original album version, I believe, uh, which is a an intimidating six minute plus. it goes by pretty quick, but um, it's uh, it is six minutes, and that's scary looking at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the one thing uh, I will say is that certainly with uh, a lot of pop music, especially pop music back from that era, it does does seem to have no issue striding past the uh, four minute point. Mm-hmm. And, um, but again, if it's good, it doesn't matter. Well, once we hit the, uh, the four minute mark of analyzing this, I will start complaining about how long it is for sure and tell you what I would do differently. (laughs) You can, you can bet on that. Oh, do we have any mail? I don't have any mail. Do you? Uh, I do not have any mail related right. to this podcast, but I feel that we should, <laughs> maybe we should open the closet and check because <laughs> you, you never know. Really? You want to open it? Okay, here we go. I always want to open it. <laughs> All right. Anything in there? Uh, no mail, but are you ever going to hem these pants? Because if you're not... <laughs> 
I think we should just give them to the charity. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Close it up. <laughs> it closes so fast. No time to no time to take a swig of water when we're closing the, <laughs> the closet. <laughs> All right, here it comes. You know, I was I was wondering, you know, if, if you could keep on because the force has got a lot of power and it makes me feel okay, like okay. Okay, stop right there. <laughs> you, you've heard enough. <laughs> So, can we assume, since this uh, song was recorded in December of 1978, that this is some kind of uh, under-the-table Star Wars reference, where he's talking about the Force is very powerful? I would, I would love to think that, and it, it's possible. Um, so, this song um, is uh, when when Michael Jackson first wanted to start his solo career and he, he sought out, uh, Quincy Jones. He had like a bunch of demos or maybe he, he started to record a lot of demos. And this is, this is one of the ones that he wrote by himself, like, uh, before they really completed the album. Um, and I was listening to the demo version of it, which we'll, we'll also play. Um, actually maybe I, Nah, I'll, I'll wait a little bit to get to that. Um, but in that version, there is no mention of the force. Hmm, so really? I would have, I would assume that the demo when Star Wars was seventy seven. Yes, May of seventy seven. And this came out in what seventy nine. So it was, yes, it was probably seventy nine. Recorded all through seventy eight, seventy nine. <clears throat> Some of the songs may have been written as early as seventy seven. Um, it's entirely possible that he wrote this before Star Wars and then saw Star Wars and said, hey, that force thing, let's force that in the song. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel a mystical energy field when I'm listening to disco and funk and creating it. Mm -hmm. uh, that is what he <laughs> may have thought. I I'm still pretending that he's talking about a forest. <laughs> yes, I still I want to hear I, that. I, I had forgotten about that yeah. and that our original discussions as we were preparing for Yaks and Jackson uh, a year ago, you, there was, it does sound, uh, you, you know, you were very taken with the idea that he was speaking of a wooded area, <laughs> its mystical powers, like the Black Forest of Germany. Yeah. And I just, I didn't know better because as, as, as our listeners know, I don't look at the lyrics. That's, that's not my department. So, I was, so for me, this is about a forest dog. This is forest dog stuff. Mm -hmm. And again, that's also, I mean, we know Michael Jackson was very uh, taken with the, the, the fantasy realms and he had a, uh, uh, you know, his own uh, theme park. And I mean, I mean, I don't think it's out of the, maybe originally the song was about the kind of enchanting things you come across in the Black Forest. Or a forest near Gary, Indiana. <laughs> I think it. I think it might have may have gone the other way. I think the song, and I'll play the demo for you. Um, I think it may have originally uh, been less mystical, and then the mystical stuff came after. Mm. Um. Well, what I think what's interesting though is that he 
is it's just very interesting that it I, it seems like a Michael Jackson move. Where if this is if the, this beginning preamble is a Star Wars reference, it's just vague enough to be like, <laughs> you know, it could not or it could be, and that's very shrewd because um, Michael Jackson would probably think. Oh, this will remind people of the Force in Star Wars, but I'm not also not talking about Darth <laughs> Vader, yeah. so it's not, uh, you know, it's it's general <laughs> enough. He's talking about the good, the good Force, <laughs> the Obi Wan side of the Force, right? Well, I'm saying he's not like it's not as like you know when Donnie and Marie addressed his characters <laughs> and went on TV and like, hey, we're trying to cash in on this thing. Michael Jackson is more subtle about it. Yeah. The, the more he's taking the the part that George Lucas uh, is more interested in, right? Because it's not about it's not about action and sci-fi for him, right? It's just about this force, the mystical uh, the mystical force. I don't know well, I mean, about. I that this <laughs> I can't say for sure what George Lucas is really interested in or what he was ever really interested in. The mystical force of merchandising. The mystical force of not knowing how to edit a movie and having <laughs> his wife do everything. Um, so I, I like this, even though, you know, it's a little weird, um, and I don't know what the hell he's talking about. It's nice. Uh, it's a nice little intro. It's, it, what, it's like 12, 10, 12 seconds, something like that. That's not too crazy. He's not going on, like, uh, like in the closet where he's like, I don't know going on for a long time i don't know how to yeah and it's also it's enough of a uh like dip your toe in the water to be like okay we see where this is gonna go yeah and it doesn't happen again it doesn't doesn't come back um although let me see so in the video version this appears but there's a another cut of the song uh I, i see it called the 2003 version which i think may have been on one of his like the Michael Jackson number ones collection or something that Uh that cuts this part out of it, which I think is kind of, I think that's a mistake jumping right into the song. It's a, it's a, yeah. You need to give people that moment to like every, I feel many popular songs have moments like that where it's like, it's a signal to get ready because the song is coming. Like the beginning of beat it with those, that chime, those chimes in the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or the or the riff in "Smells Like Teen Spirit," <laughs> but it's true, you know. You gotta you, people need that moment of recognition before they. Because sometimes, if you just play, if you just go straight into a song, people lose their minds and can't function properly. Yeah, well, people lose their minds anyway with Michael Jackson. This is this is what the 2003 edit sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. See that's that <laughs> would be right good though if you're a DJ and yeah. I guess to drop that in in the middle of a middle of a, a whatever you would call it when it when a DJ plays a thousand songs in a row with no break <laughs> the mega mix <laughs> <laughs> the tattoo <of> pain mix <laughs> okay um, so I don't know what he's talking about but it doesn't matter. Cause I'm, cause I'm sold. I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how you're willing to be forgiving of, you know. We now today we live in a world that's so obsessed with origin stories and knowing where everything came from, <laughs> and you don't need that here. This is just like, hey, 
Uh, this force is strong, and girl, I hope you're ready. And we don't need you don't need to hear anything else. Can you hear that siren I out hear, there? Yes, I hear the police force showing up. Yeah, that's uh, they're ready because <laughs> it's they know the force is strong. <laughs> Here comes some more. You make me feel like. Oh, you know what? Sixteen seconds exactly before the song kicks in, and that's the sixteen seconds that he would give Heavy D. And the 16 seconds he gave uh, Rex and effects, right? <laughs> yeah. So this is gonna be the uh, this is gonna be what we focus on the, the <laughs> Michael Jackson's obsession with uh, the number 16. Yeah. And what was the other who? Oh, the the what's his name that did the rap for uh, uh, Black or White? Oh, you um, mean the person that no one's ever heard of? Well, no, you mean the just... person? You mean the guy who who did uh, did the rap on arguably the biggest song of 1991? <laughs> who nobody knows? It was just it was the producer of the song. He just he recorded the rap, and then they couldn't I, find anybody to change it. I, I don't remember. No, I was... don't. I mean, I don't know if we talked about this, but man, did that that must have burned that guy's britches. He's like. <laughs> Um, I'll just do the rap, and then I'll be like, I'll have a rap career for five minutes. No, he just nope. he did it. He did it as a placeholder, and they with the intention of finding a real rapper to uh, to to re-record it, and they just never found anybody. And he's like, that's crazy. Right, they say it. that Beck did all those lyrics on Odalay's placeholders, and he just put it out, and people oh, are wow. like, that's genius. That guy does a placeholding <laughs> rap on Black and White. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, everyone thinks Macaulay Culkin actually did it. <laughs> it was it was the real Macaulay. I mean, I always thought <laughs> I always thought it was Heavy D that did it, but yeah, no, not at all. Um, and then I think I, I think I told you this. I heard Black or White on on the radio recently um, on uh, some light station. Uh, what the hell is it? K Light One Hundred One Point One in New York. What is that old? I don't know. I can't remember what is that it is. CBS it's FM? CBS FM, yeah, with Scott Shannon in the morning. <laughs> and they uh, they actually, they cut out the rap, the black or white rap. They really? cut just cut it out of the song. Like, you black know, or white is CBS already FM. a short song. I've been listening to CBS FM since, oh, I was a wee little child. <laughs> and they have made some really crazy decisions. <laughs> I remember when they were, an, they were a strictly oldie station, mm-hmm. like in the uh, 80s and early 90s. And like Michael Jackson was the one contemporary thing that they would play because it, he was so popular. And he did have some connection, you know, to that older era. And they, they so they'd play like, you know like the coasters and Dickie Goodman and all this crazy nonsense. And then suddenly he would hear a thriller. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. CBS mega mix. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. We got the coasters and we got King of the breaking record, Dickie Goodman and then thriller. Yes. That was, and that was how they spoke because that's how everyone spoke in the eighties with the continental accent. CBS FM. Cousin Brucey. Yeah, and now they've got Scott Shannon in the morning, who I can't stand. He's so he's, old he's and wasn't he? Didn't he used to be a Z100 Scott Shannon? Uh, yeah, he started the Z100. He started the morning zoo, mm-hmm. and then he uh, he was last on uh, 95.5 WPLJ. It was Scott and Todd in the morning. Todd Scott Shannon and Todd Pettengill. Uh, you may remember him from. WWF in uh, in the mid nineties in like the worst era of uh, wrestling, 
Um, they, uh, I, I actually don't remember. No? Um, but I definitely remember the Z100 Morning Zoo. That was that was uh, how I started so many mornings um, <laughs> growing up in Connecticut, listening to they, you know, do that. They'd play that Technotronic. They'd play that uh, <laughs> Timbuk3 or whatever the hell was going on. Um, but I, I can't let a conversation about tri-state area a tri-state area radio go by without paying my respects to the i-95 fm connecticut's classic rock station <laughs> I, I don't know that station That's which had the greatest uh they're like uh you know all the radio stations most of the time are very like uh sing-songy like cbs fm or whatever you know it's mm. really i-95's uh like call would be like this really deep throated guy just going I ninety five FM <laughs> like it was some kind of Gregorian chant. <laughs> Sounds like the perfect thing to listen to stuck on I ninety five in traffic. Oh yeah, I don't think I, I've ever. I was no, you know, and it's it's crazy because I ninety five kind of sort of circumvents a lot of Connecticut and the the. Uh, the highway that goes through there is 84, so yeah. or 81 or 84, maybe both of them. So, but no, I I always that was always very confusing as a child to be like, did they name this radio station after that highway that doesn't even go through Connecticut? <laughs> Last time I was in Connecticut, I discovered that there was a there's a radio station with the call WRCH, and I got real excited because my initials are RCH, and it's like a it's a light rock station. I want to get a T-shirt. So yeah, I didn't know that your middle initial was C. It That's is interesting. The C is for classic rock. <laughs> yeah, Raleigh classic <laughs> rock hatch. Uh, I won't. I Raleigh won't. Uh, I won't hit. press the issue and ask you what your middle name is live on this podcast. But yeah, we'll save that for another. We'll keep the we'll keep the listeners coming back. I'll save that for a future. Rest episode. assured, the minute record ends, <laughs> there will be a t- interrogation. The C is for cliffhanger. No, actually, <laughs> the, the C is for Connecticut. <laughs> the C is for Connecticut muffin, which is your favorite restaurant, and it's where you were conceived. <laughs> I don't know where Connecticut muffin is. I've never heard of that. You know, uh, they they had a uh, they I had a couple locations in Manhattan. <laughs> they definitely had one in Brooklyn. Huh. Um, I, I remember thinking, like, uh, when I lived in Brooklyn and there was one. There was one near the Brooklyn Arts, the BAM, BAM, Brooklyn yeah. Arts Museum. And I remember feeling like, man, if this is what people think Connecticut is like, I, I'm not into <laughs> it. Because the muffins aren't super great. <laughs> um, so, sorry, Connecticut muffins. Sorry to get real on you. Connecticut muffin. Our muffins aren't super great. You know, that's how I felt. Who knows? Maybe they've changed the recipe. That was a, a while ago. Maybe they're, maybe they're super okay now. I'm willing to give you the benefit of a second chance, Connecticut muffin. Please don't damn me when I speak my mind. Yeah, don't. You're, you're losing sponsors for us left and right. Don't worry, we can still get a New Hampshire croissant. <laughs> they're definitely on board. Chris sandwiches. Everybody, we we should we should get the Burger King Chris sandwich going on because Steve Austin gets that on his podcast. <laughs> I love I love when See, he says Chris sandwich. He's specifically sponsored not by Burger King as a whole, but by one Burger King item. Just the Chris sandwich. 
Well, if we're going to do that, then we need to get either the uh, the, Bur- the BK Big King, which is my favorite Burger King item, or we should just, you know what, why are we talking about Michael Jackson when this could be a podcast <laughs> dedicated to bringing back the Arch Deluxe at McDonald's? There you go, the adult burger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a steamy adult up all night burger, and I won't rest until it has returned. <laughs> All right, let's get back to our four-hour podcast about Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we're 16 whole seconds into the song. (laughs) Completely unedited, unscripted. 100% unedited. Ow! Yeah, we need to get a drop in there. I love that. I love it. It's, I love everything perfect, that's happening. It's the perfect intersection of uh, disco, funk, and soul. It's, uh, you know, it's really, then I think that's another thing that uh, speaks to the, uh, the uh, for lack of a better word, the genius of Michael Jackson of yeah. uh, able to, that it, everything is so even, and it's, uh, I can't think of the term. He's He's just... He's found a way to uh, it's to meld every meld everything, to meld all of these styles together into one such so digestible uh, a creation. I would say he's he's achieved balance in the force. <laughs> That's true. So we're not going to let this Star Wars go. <laughs> no, we're, we're absolutely not. Yeah, he. Uh, you I'm, know, he... we're just biding, biding our time until you start bringing the Son of Sam stuff in. <laughs> I think we need to get a little further before I fall back on my old friend David Berkowitz, my old rowing partner. <laughs> so we've got we've got two guitars, we've got strings, we've got horns, we've got uh, some cool percussion. It's like bottles and stuff, and maybe horns uh, arranged by Jerry Hay and performed by the Sea Wind Horns. Mm-hmm. And we've also got the concert master. Uh, what's the concert master's name? I need to look Where's this it? up real quick. Wait, Is this it? track has a concert master? This track has a concert master. Oh, are you speaking of Gerald Vincy? I am. Good old Jerry. Mm-hmm. Jerry mm-hmm. the concert master. I think that's a pretty cool name. I had to look up what concert master is. I thought I thought concert master was another like super producer, multi instrumentalist kind of title. But, but is it like a conductor? It's a real thing. It's apparently the person who sits next to the conductor. It's like the lead violinist. Mm-hmm. And they get paid the most in the entire orchestra. Hmm. Interesting. It's very it's a very egotistical uh title, but what do you I think do? it's it's also well, you know, there's a lot going on here and um you know, it's a, it's great that it's a full a full band and um yeah. Uh, you know, you really you feel that depth. I think it's interesting that Michael Jackson gets like a percussion arrangement credit on this, and that that kind of jives with all the stuff that came out later, like all the demos of him beatboxing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he had a clear, clear vision of how uh, everything um, should be laid out, and that's you know that's it's. It, I think it's endlessly fascinating to think about these people who market themselves as a, you know, oh, I'm just a singer, and to, like, find out, are they really just a singer? Are they letting 
the other musicians make the calls or are they like, listen, I've got this whole thing figured out and this is how you should play it. Yeah. I mean, I've been teasing the, the home, the home demo recording, uh, for a while. I'm, but I'm going to, I'm going to actually jump in and play that for you. Um, because it does, it does go along with, uh, like Michael Jackson sort of, it seems like he's really put together this percussion thing. Little, we got some bottles, mm-hmm. literally beating on bottles. I think this is his family. Um, yeah, but he definitely is the kind of person that uh, arranges things by humming them to you, and then mm-hmm. you just you just play it on a guitar or on a keyboard or whatever, and because uh, he knows exactly how it, he wants it to go. Yeah. So they're having We're some fun be here. Starting now, baby. This is a very raw demo. This is. Okay, so now here's the real intro. So, much more percussion heavy. Than, uh, than the final version. But you can still hear, like, you can totally yeah. still hear where it's going. And, yeah, uh, it's all there. Yeah. I actually kind of like, I like the slower build, um, the longer the longer build. Like, I know I complain about how long these songs are, um, but I could, I could have even had a longer build uh, at the beginning of the, the final, the studio version of this. Like, when he's doing his, uh, his speech... It could have been even looser, I think, like like the demo. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could see that. I ain't mad at that yeah. concept. Um, I think that it's, you know, something I wanted to mention is that, you know, the... Uh, I, I, I don't know if this is that, like... No, I, guess I would assume no one ever challenged Michael Jackson as to, like, exactly what he like how much he actually uh, put into the songs or whatever, how much he mapped them out. And it makes me think of the uh, lawsuit uh, involving all the dead Kennedys where the singer of the dead Kennedys was arguing, like I like envisioned all these songs and told everybody what to play. And these guys didn't contribute squat, but uh, the, when they went to court, the ju- like the judge and the jury were like, well, it's impossible. Like no, one person couldn't do all these things. And like, obviously they're important. (laughs) Like these people contributed something like you can't just cause you can think of how you, you want a baseline to sound. Doesn't mean that like you should take credit or what, you know, it was very interesting case. And, uh, but I feel like Michael Jackson, if it was Michael Jackson, they would have been like, well, of course you're Michael Jackson. You invented the moonwalk. Of course you could do all this shit. So, yeah. And they were always really smart to record all his demos and all his, uh, like his brainstorming sessions because mm-hmm. I feel like they anticipated all the uh, suits in the future. Like um, that one from Dangerous. I don't remember what track it was, but oh yeah, the guy that, I mean there were the definitely Italian, people who uh, guy that complained. <clears throat> people who said that he like ripped off their songs, but <clears throat> I mean there was never anything where like you know 
after Elvis had all this heaps and praise on, they were like, oh, but he can't play guitar. Like, you know, he's just fucking inept when it comes to playing an instrument. And I, I mean, I don't know if that's actually true or not. It seems like it could be true, but um, who knows? And I definitely, Elvis is uh, like the shifts in tone and style in Elvis's career suggest that maybe he was not as uh, prescient about these things or like had as much foresight or idea about how he specifically wanted things to go. Mm-hmm. Like it seems even though my, a lot of Michael Jackson stuff sounds different, it's clear like the same, like his energy is kind of specific, if not super tangible. Whereas, you know, Elvis was like all over the map. Yeah, it seems to be mostly the technology that changes around Michael Jackson. Like the yeah, the songs are always true. there, but the uh, whether it's samples of cars from Teddy Riley, or if it's uh, <laughs> are you talking about multi instrumentalist Teddy Riley? That super producer is who I'm speaking. That's the of. Teddy Riley siren. He's, <laughs> he's coming is. here. Boy, boy, boy. He's gonna play the flugelhorn from this song. <laughs> um. I feel like I know it's it's rockest of me to say so, but I will likely always rate the uh, songs with real instruments a bit higher. Um, so rockest. I mean, I feel like it's, but it speaks to my character that I'm still friends with you, even though you're so <laughs> rockest. Like I'm trying to bridge a gap, and I don't judge you for your shortcoming. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to be a better man. <laughs> you know, you have a child now. You need to set yeah. a good example. <laughs> A child who I just bought a DJ station, a a plastic uh, twenty dollar piece of crap DJ station, like with turntables or like a DJ like like the, in the morning zoo. <laughs> no, it's yeah, like like with not really turntables, but you know, just some buttons that make scratching sounds and uh, a bunch of keys and things that light up and bark occasionally or other animal noises, but whatever. She's she's the next Michael Jackson. She's gonna she's the next super producer Teddy Riley, multi instrumentalist. Well, with that kind of uh, auspicious bragging, I'm sure she <laughs> won't be screwed up in any way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready ready to hit some lyrics? You fucking know I am. Hey, right. you try and stop me from hitting these lyrics because you're the lyric master. <laughs> I'm the, I'm just I'm the, the button creator. <laughs> talk about all that stuff i hear things about love and feeling and fevers and that's about all i understand yeah uh lovely is the feeling now fever (laughs) temperatures rising now and did we get to the power uh power part i I don't no not yet (laughs) okay uh so yeah lovely is the feeling now fever temperatures rising now which i you know that's how we all feel when we're excited about something yeah you know these are you know you can't argue with these lyrics. I mean, what are you going to take issue with? It's a great melody too. I don't. I don't even care about the lyrics. I, I rarely care about what the lyrics are. I think as we've <laughs> that's funny because it seemed like we spent a lot of time <laughs> being angry about the lyrics on dangerous. Yeah, well, they can only. I feel like lyrics can only be bad. If I'd, I'd rather them just be innocuous. They don't need to be profound. They just you're telling me that lyric you've never. You've never been taken with any lyrics? Yeah, I sort of have, but I'm never 
I don't care that much. If the melody is good and and it's not saying anything stupid, then good enough. Then it's perfect. This is this is perfect. It's a great melody. It's a really cool. Uh, he holds the note for a long time. It's it's sort of a pretty original melody. I like it, and I don't care what he's saying. I just know he's saying something. <laughs> so you're saying to me that you never in all your time like scribbled out lyrics on the cover of a notebook because you identified with them uh yeah i probably have but i oh that sounds like you definitely have and you don't want to admit to something but you know what you're not on trial here <laughs> this whole court is out of order right now um <laughs> No, well, I, if you weren't such an unapologetic rockist, then I think that uh, I mean you're slightly apologetic about it. So yeah, I am. I'm, I'm aware. Look, I'm on a I'm on a witch hunt. <laughs> it, you know what I what I like the most about about these uh, mm-hmm. verses, besides the melody and his delivery, I really I love that one of the guitars is teasing the chorus. Like one of the guitars is basically playing the "Don't Stop Till You Get Enough." over and over mm. and i think it's i think it's cool well you're not wrong there there we go where's, <laughs> where's, let me get the ding where's the ding correct wow that that <laughs> ding is super loud was it i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry my ding was too loud <laughs> You know, I wish that I, ha- I don't have the technology. That I there's, you know, I wish I had a lot of like, you know, I feel like I want to take sound effects from Three Stooges shorts and just assail you with them, <laughs> but I don't know how to do that. Well, I'm sure there's a soundboard somewhere, a Three I'm Stooges at your mercy, But I don't have any way to do it. Like, I don't have the. Yeah, I have such a bare bones setup here. You have all the stuff. Oh no! This is just literally a sound effects box that I'm holding up. This is the sound effects box that Kirk Howley of the Schlock Treatment gave me. You mean Jackson Jackson super fan and former guest Kirk Howley? Former and future guest, hopefully. Oh shit! <laughs> Spoiler alert! Don't stop till you get see, enough. I didn't Kirk. see him in the Jackson Jackson Force Awakens trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Kirk and I have tickets to go see the Force Awakens. We we oh, we, really? we what pulled day? the trigger on. The Friday, I think December eighteenth. So, mm. not the not the Thursday it comes out, but the next morning. Well, I'll be seeing it on that Thursday, and I will as soon as I leave the theater, I will text you and Kirk <laughs> in a group text, and oh. I will let you know the text is either going to say "dump your tickets, it's a turkey," <laughs> or it's going to say "I still believe in a thing called Admiral Akbar." <laughs> Oh yeah, I hope he's in that. Is he? Do we have confirmation that he's, he's definitely be in, it? in it? Oh yeah, yeah, he was in the most recent television spot. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. I'm I'm trying not to watch too much about it. I just want to go in and watch the the movie. And we're, we've we've got reclining seats. I'm excited for that because I've never been to the movies before in a in a leather reclining chair. What a time! Of t- like, are you seeing it at night or in no, the morning? We're seeing it at eleven in the morning. Kirk mm. actually took the day off work. Well, we both took the day off work. I will just not be working that day, and neither will Kirk. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm I'm going to be seeing it not during work hours. I'll be seeing it in the evening. So, but I'll pretend like I did a whole thing for it. I'll just 
I'll just pretend, you so know. You're taking off your night stalking. <laughs> <laughs> taking off my nights of research on the night stalker, Richard Ramirez. <laughs> I'm I'm writing a concept, a disco funk concept album about Ricky. <laughs> Saucy Rick. <laughs> Slick Rick. <laughs> the murderer. <laughs> Slick Rick. Okay, here comes some more verse. There's the power. Oh, there's more verse, huh? Is there yeah, more verse coming you, up? You want to hear some more verse? I mean, no, it's let's up not, to you. Let's not, let's not listen to the verse anymore. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll hold off. We'll go because I want to go verse into the chorus. So you can let us know about the power and whatever the force of something. Well, this particular lyrical passage is power, ah, power, the force. It, oh, I'm sorry. Let me start. <laughs> this particular ver, uh, sec, section of words is power, ah, power is the force, the vow that makes it happen. It asks no questions why, but the why he kind of drags out into an O that sort of rhymes with vow. (laughs) You know, he's playing with the English language. The English language is meant to be finessed and distorted. Well, now I want to hear that again because I didn't know that he was doing that. I want to hear that part. Yeah, that's sort of there. Mm-hmm. So I, it's pretty. This is all pretty vague. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Still, but still, I don't care. Still, it's just it's good enough. I mean, I think he's just talking about the sensation of uh, you know being excited by a passion or a love yes. for not a sex, person. not sex, a person, huh? Not sex. This isn't about sex. Well, I think it's. I think he told his mother that to make her feel better. But I think that it's open to interpretation. I mean, I certainly have uh, repeated this entire verse to myself uh, before, during, and after sexual encounters. You know, you repeated to yourself. Well, what I mean, uh, I, I'm not going to like impose on the like. I'm, I assume the other person also uh, feels the fever and the temperature rising. And, you know, usually you can convey that if, you know, if you're on the same page as your sexual partner, you don't need to say anything, you know, it's all communicated through touch and emotion. And you're, and everyone just thinks about their own favorite Michael Jackson lyrics, really. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's how how you know if the sex is good or not. Like you rate the sex by Michael Jackson songs. You say like, oh my God, that was like, that was beat it. That was like the first time I heard beat it. And if it's not so good, you have to be like, listen, you know, I care about you, but that was really kind of like, you know, a, a midsection cut on bad. And, you know, I need you to like, you know, how can we fix this? <laughs> and then sometimes you're like, oh my, I don't know why I slept with her. That was like invincible. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. And then sometimes you just, you're just both thinking, don't stop till you get enough. <laughs> I don't know why you want to stay on topic. I, I mean, we, <laughs> it really disgusts me. 
We're, we're only one sixth of the way through this song, so we got to get there what somehow. Are, are we at the three hour mark yet? Yeah. Three hour mark. Five hour mark. Here we go. I, one complaint. I think those. Uh, I think those little like when he says closer, yeah, and power ah or ah power, mm-hmm. little too loud. I I feel like the uh, the other vocals should be the real lead. Um, I think those should be back in the mix a little bit more. But that's just nitpicking. Hmm. I, I... Uh, <laughs> I don't have that complaint. Carry on. Okay. Is this the end of the verse? stop it there mm-hmm. um so, so <clears throat> excuse me so i think one of the interesting things about the song is that the verses in the chorus if if i'm i haven't i haven't checked this out but i believe there's really no change in the chords i think they just keep repeating the same ones um but the whole melody and all the background instruments completely change from one section to the other even though even though like the rhythm of the song and the the chords are are just continuing like nothing's changing and normally that would really piss me off um a song that like just keeps doing the same thing for five minutes but there's enough of a enough of a change in melody and instrumentation that it's really interesting like yeah all the all the guitars that were playing the don't stop till you get enough melody like the ones that were sneaking that in there they're all gone for the chorus and michael jackson takes over singing singing that line and then the horns sort of in fact i'm not sure that the guitars are even in the chorus at all i think the horns sort of take over and i don't know it's it's really cool it's really cool composition again the subtle genius of michael jackson yeah he's not gonna beat you over the head with anything yeah it's like it it retains the jam quality of it but Mm -hmm. isn't an annoying like jam it's it's a cool jam yeah well i mean it's such a good uh you know the main riff is so lively and like it's like how can you really ever get sick of it? it it's really uh you know there's nothing grating about it yeah, and and don't stop till you get enough. That's a that's a really cool. It's a cool line. Cool lyrics. No, oh, look who cares about lyrics all of a sudden. Well, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever, Han Solo, you Here's, care. <laughs> so I think I think I mentioned this to you before that the original chorus, I mean the original song, uh, didn't have any mention of the force. Mm-hmm. Um, the original lyric, uh, so the chorus, obviously don't stop till you get enough, uh, keep on with the force. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. What do you think was originally in place of force? Funk. <laughs> keep on with the funk. Don't stop. Yeah. That what would make, was it? That would make sense. 
the heart. No, that's not good at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna play that if I can find that. I, by the way, I just I assume all the verse lyrics are pretty different than in the demo, but I don't care enough uh-huh. to go into that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, he makes it work, but uh, it's still not as good as the Force. Yeah, I agree. Good change. Yeah, and then adding all those, uh, adding all those horns, really cool mm-hmm. too, because they weren't originally there. Um, do you have anything to say about the lyrics? Since you care so much. Oh my God, <laughs> Riley! It's just like I feel like I could do three hours on these lyrics. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, there's. I mean, I feel like it's they're maintaining. You know, the lyrics are in that sweet spot still. There's nothing as. Uh, I think maybe later in the song, a couple weird phrases comes up. A couple weird phrases come up, but like, no, yeah, this is. Again, I just feel largely these lyrics are unassailable, and they're not. You know, it just works. Fucking works. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, finish up the chorus and move back into verse two. It's true, ain't nothing like a love desire. Sure. I mean that something about fire. Yeah, touch me and I feel on fire. Touch Ain't nothing me. like a love desire. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's true. It it's, I mean, prove me wrong, Todd. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing <laughs> like <laughs> love desire. And I think we're getting a little funkier too. I think I think the funk has amped up slightly. We're just this whole this whole thing is a build. It's all a big vamp. Where are we, where are we going with this? Who cares? Who cares? It's not about the destination, man. It's about the journey. <laughs> it's about the hot candle wax. Samantha. <laughs> Samantha, Angela, <laughs> Mona. <coughs> all right. Yeah, it's all good. Hot candle wax. You know, it's not even, it's not even like raunchy. It doesn't, I don't even get that from this. No, there's nothing raunchy. I mean, you know who would consider this raunchy? Jehovah's Witnesses. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's nothing yeah, I mean, even for the time. Yeah. Uh, More I think it's interesting time. that, I mean, no one ever, considering 
Michael Jackson's appearance in later years and the many surgeries he underwent and how, how plastic looking he became. I'm surprised no one really came back and hit hard on this I'm melting like hot candle wax lyric. Yeah. That's because the song is so good. You don't want to mm-hmm. mess with it. There's, it's, it's innocent. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but Raleigh, I just can't help but think look at the world through my satirical mind, uh, or whatever that would be. Um, uh, yeah, this. I mean, yeah, there's nothing you, you wouldn't ever want to do anything to rip this song apart because it's so fucking good. Yeah, so let that be a lesson to our listeners out there. You know, James Green Jr. pointing you to the direction of where you could have made fun of Michael. In his later years, but don't do it. Listen, there are all sorts of possibilities, and I think the mind is an open playground to explore the right and wrong. But that doesn't mean you got to open your stupid fucking mouth and make <laughs> somebody feel bad. Exactly. He wasn't melting. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I mean, clearly he wasn't. You know, he was out in the sun a lot of the time. Yeah. He was in the sun, and he'd be wearing those like full-body paramilitary, you know, <laughs> outfits. <laughs> so, uh, I, I will say, like, I obviously, I think, I think this is a pretty innocent song, but uh, reading like people's reviews of the track, all people do is talk about how sexy this is and like how. Like this is this is the beginning of the new sexy Michael Jackson, and it's such well, a yeah, sexy I think that's delivery. definitely true. And I the just, track has a. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. it's all right. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I understand. mean, I the track has a very sexy feel musically. It has a sexy mood, and he sings it like in a very. I mean, he sounds like he's sexually aroused, but no, it's not a. It's not. You know, it's pretty chaste lyrically and it's i mean it's not as it's certainly not as um even musically it's not as suggestive as like you know anything rick james did but right uh for michael jackson it is like yeah he is becoming and this is also the point where he had finally uh shaken off his image of a child star now he's a sex machine yeah, and that's, you know, we know how difficult that is. You and I both know, Raleigh, how difficult <laughs> it is to shake off the trappings of child stardom. Yeah. How old was he here? I forget. I always forget when he was, what was he born in, 54 or something like that? Oh, I I don't know. I, I would I literally have to look that up on the internet. This is, this is 1978. So, geez, I always forget. He was born in 1958. 58, okay, so he's 20. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's the time we all become sex machines. It is. It is. We are trapped in in some sort of. Uh, yeah, you're. You know, there's no need. There's just no need for me to, to continue with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's awfully. This is pretty innocent for twenty. I mean, it's innocence is relative. I think that you. you there. Are, I. You can see things. Or people can make gestures that are far more, or just carry themselves in a way that are far more suggestive than anything anybody could say. I mean, you know, I think you, 
you even like when you meet people that you're when you meet people and there's a mutual attraction it doesn't matter what you say it's like you feel it in the way that your bodies move and the way you look at each other you know that stuff is way more powerful than anything you could ever sing or say i feel like this episode what is this 15 i think we we don't know we 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 don't don't know. know Episode whatever this is, I think has really unveiled a, a sexy new James Green Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, I first of all, I bristle at the accusation that I was not sexy before. Um, but uh, this is like a new, a sexy, playful analysis. <laughs> well, you know, Raleigh, I think that one of my core issues is that I struggle with, I think that we all should be more open about sex, and I think that it would be helpful for us personally and as a society to not be so hung up on things, but at the same time, I can't help being an American raised in the 20th century, and it is there is something uncomfortable about trying to be that open and uh, trying to discuss these things. It's a whole conundrum but I'm trying and I'm sure I sound crazy, but <laughs> what can you do? You were, you were raised in the latter half of the 20th century. That's I was born the year. Wait, when did the song come out? The this song came out in seven. Well, recorded in December 78 came out August 79 on, uh, the album. I predate the release of this song. So what do you want from me? What do you want from me? So the song is this, song signaled your birth this was written about <laughs> this you. yeah i was born in january and my parents said wait let's hold off on the birth announcements to see what michael jackson does and then that august i was expecting you to laugh at that like i got nothing i I'm saw sorry. nothing no, nothing <laughs> registered on your face and i don't <laughs> the laughter that's I was that's looking too things dense up, of I apologize. A, that, that sound effect is too dense to work like that. I'm sorry. It really just kind of sounds like white noise. Really? That's yeah. too bad. Well, we'll have to get... You should do the, you should do the wah-wah thing again. <laughs> that's perfect. Well, to, well, you know what? We should start taking people's information down for our live studio audience. <laughs> Where and when will we do that? I don't know. We'll have to... Skype people. Oh, we can't do multiple Skypes on this. uh... Listen, I know last season I said that I would fly up for the final episode and I didn't. But this time, seriously, (laughs) I'll fly up to New Jersey. Final episode. We can do it at like an Elks Club. Yeah. We'll, uh, what was the last song? Burn the Funk Out? Something like that? Burn this disco down. Burn this disco down. There we go. Something like that. Turn this mother out. Burn this disco down. So I'm sorry. I, when I was ignoring your uh, your funny things before, I was looking I was looking up to see um, uh, where this peaked on the charts, and it it was a number one in several several places such as Australia, Belgium, Denmark, New Zealand, Norway, South Africa, the United States, and uh, that's about it. But that, isn't that enough? Isn't that enough for you? Just because we only I mean, made it to four in Switzerland? I mean, Jesus. Is it ever really enough, Rally? I mean, do you ever really stop chasing the dragon? You know, you've got it all right now. You've got a wife, a baby, a house. You've got that sound effects machine. <laughs> but are you really satisfied? You know, this made, it, this made it to number two in Spain in 2006. 
I like how you evaded that question right there <laughs> about personal happiness. I think that speaks a lot to you. And two years later, in 2008, <laughs> in Spain again, number seven. Uh, you know, I think that what we're discovering by doing this podcast is that Michael Jackson was extremely popular. <laughs> in France, 2009, <clears throat> this made it to nine. But do you ever wake up and look in the morning and say, there's just one thing if it could be different, and I'm not going to rest until it's different. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I'm very happy that, I mean, I would be, I would have no concern at all if I was no. in your shoes, aside from the fact that I had taken your life. If I was in your shoes and I could no longer be the new sexy, sensual James Green Jr. for 2015. <laughs> All right, I was lying. There's plenty of things I would do differently. I can't believe you would be dishonest with me on this podcast. I'm just it was just for brevity. But now here we are talking about it. Let's listen well, to one more song. Where are we? I think we're in the second verse, right? Yes. Take us through the hours. The hours of this podcast. Hey now. And then we stop because we've had enough. Things are about to change. Yeah, that I heard a little bit of a uh, what sounded like possibly a little Farfisa organ coming in, but I don't know if that's exactly what the instrument is. I have no idea what it is. What's what's on the credits? Does it just say synthesizers? Uh, let me uh, let me control F for Farfisa. I see electric piano. That's probably what it is. Yeah. And who is playing this electric piano? None other than Greg Philoganes. <laughs> Listen, I tried the Philoganes, but I, I couldn't get there. <laughs> I had to get another bucket. <laughs> um, so at this point, <clears throat> we've heard for two and a half minutes, we've heard the same chords pretty much, mm -hmm. uh, albeit with some changes. Some ramping up, things are getting a little more tense, and now we're gonna we're gonna release some tension. Thank Cause, God, because we can't have six minutes of all the same thing. At least I can't. I can't take it. Yeah, I, there's got there's a breaking point. He was he's pushing us to the break point. Yeah. So this is what we've got. There's your did ridge. I hear did now do my ears deceive me or did I hear a like a group of gentlemen carousing in There's, that break? There is definitely a lot of voices. Um and I've <clears throat> been trying to figure out what they're saying. I feel like I hear somebody talking about 
I want to say it's get your ass over here. I feel like I hear something about get your ass. Um, That's extreme. I thought uh, I wrote it down. I thought at one point I thought I heard uh, something. I love you, bro. I thought I heard that once. I think in the in the 2003 version, uh, the bridge, the background voices in the bridge are actually easier to hear. Uh, let me see if I can find that real quick. Yeah, the voices there to me sounded easier to hear, and I feel like I distinctly heard someone say "asshole." Yeah, yeah, which is sort of amazing that he snuck that yeah. in there. <laughs> you know, this is sort of a, this is a little bit of a Matt, uh, MJ Hallmark is throwing some weirdness <laughs> in the middle of the song. To this day, I think people still debate about that knocking in "Beat It" before the guitar solo. Where some people say it's an intentional percussive thing, but other people say that was the janitor knocking on the door <laughs> that Eddie Van Halen was in. Because huh. Eddie Van Halen was one, of, he was one of those dudes who's like, I'm going to play the solo, but I got to do it in a closet with no windows. <laughs> <laughs> that could be anything. Um, but yeah, so all these voices, I don't really, I don't artistically, it's interesting. I don't quite understand how any of that fits into the theme of the song, but I, I feel I like no he made a promise to his friends and was <laughs> like, I'll put you in the song. Yeah. Well, and I'm like, oh, where his... were we? And I was like, oh, didn't you hear in the middle those voices? You can be, we'll let you in the song as long as you don't say asshole. <laughs> don't say, get your ass. Don't say asshole. Don't say, I love you, bro. I think I heard a yeah, yeah, yeah in there too. <laughs> you know, it's just, just, it's wild. It's wild, yeah. but you know, so, so this bridge, um, while I think it's completely necessary at this point in the song, because I think after two and a half minutes of the same thing, I need to hear a new thing. Um, it's not really memorable, and that's okay. Because really, all it needs to do is break. Yeah, it just needs to break some tension. I I'll never I well, I can't say never, but I will probably never walk around humming this bridge. Um, it's really interesting how often, like a lot of times, you'll be super familiar with the choruses and the beginnings of songs, like very popular songs, but then like the bridges will escape you and if you're in a uh like a public setting and everybody's like singing along and someone always gets to this part they're like i I don't remember this this is new to me yeah like if there were lyrics this would be the part where everyone would fall apart at karaoke yeah definitely like i don't know if uh i don't know if there's anything else to sweet caroline other than that part where he's like touching touching you and the sweet caroline and i don't want to know and I'll, i will never know there's no part in sweet caroline where people are like get over here asshole yeah, <laughs> get your yeah, ass yeah. over here asshole <laughs> that could only make the song better though yeah um that uh that reminds me of a uh like there's a uh 
I can't remember what song it is, but there's some cramps recording where right before they start playing the song, the, the singer starts yelling at someone to get out of the studio, but it's not <laughs> fun. It, it is so uncomfortable. And it's like, I cannot believe they put that on any release because <laughs> he's just like, don't you know who we are? We're the goddamn cramps. Get the hell out of our studio. <laughs> and it's like the least fun. I was like, oh, God, it stresses me out just thinking about it. <laughs> and it's interesting when uh, artists include stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of other songs. <laughs> um, uh, so like, what's what's the Marvin Gaye song that starts out? Is it what's going on? Does that start out with like a whole bunch of people in a room? No, oh, I don't know. Does it? Is that is that before or after this? When did when did Marvin Gaye record that? Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like it starts with a whole bunch of people. My computer is not doing its job what, right now. What Marvin Gaye song? What's going on? I feel like it's what's going on. I really hope that my computer is not falling apart right now. Uh, yeah, what's going on is from nineteen seventy one. Seventy one. Okay, so that's way before. I feel like that starts with like they're in a party or something and it's a whole bunch of voices and he's like, they're, they're just interacting. Um, what else? Uh, I think there's a sublime Bar- song that does that also. Uh, the bar, Barbara Ann by the beach boys is like, oh, yeah. they recorded that at a party. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes like, uh, on that devil dogs album, Saturday Night Fever. It's supposed to sound like an like an unrehearsed, like they're at some kind of party, but it was like they. It's clear they just invited their friends to the studio to kind of make noise in the background because <laughs> it's produced so. I mean, for you know, like a like it's a dirt rock record or whatever you want to call it. It's produced so well that it's like this was not taking place at a bar. Like, um, but I find that that's a little more endearing than like Barbara Ann was clearly recorded at some kind of drunken <laughs> shindig. Like, I'm like not into that. Yeah. So, like I said, artistically, um, it's interesting. It's not, it, you know, he's not the first person to have done this clearly, but it's just a, it's like, I want to say from Michael Jackson, you don't expect something like that. I mean, we're mm-hmm. looking, obviously we're looking back on his first solo album. And we can say that now, maybe people, I mean, up to this point, what could be expected? Exactly. But like looking back on it now, it's like, okay, you've just had a bunch of people making some noise. Like normally on, on later albums, it would have been him like babbling or beatboxing or whispering a bunch of non sequiturs Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, whatever. But he was, he was kind enough to allow some, new voices into the mix. Mm-hmm. So good, good choice. Interesting. Again, not a memorable chorus, but it does its job. And, uh, it's interesting. Then mm-hmm. now we get back into more of what we heard before. All 
right. So so we got the third verse and we got these strings doing crazy things. Well, not crazy, but strings are strings are bringing it to the third verse. Strings have become more prominent. String it on. <laughs> strings are prevalent <laughs> and uh this is the only I think this is now what's interesting this verse is the last uh verse of original words until he repeats keep on with the force don't stop don't stop so they get enough for pretty much the rest of the song right um there's one moment where he's he's says i uh, i won't be complaining but this is the last section of uh and i think it's funny to me it starts with like heartbreak enemy despise which to me sounds like something that was decoded from another language <laughs> um <clears throat> but he needed something to rhyme with. Eternal love shines in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, There's so many words that rhyme with eyes, though. Heartbreak. What is it? Heartbreak. Heartbreak enemy despise. Heartbreak enemy despise. Okay. It, but I guess I can see how, like, when you're heartbroken, you can't even form words sometimes. And you yeah. just could say, ah, oh, heartbreak is my enemy and I despise it. Who has the time or the energy when they're heartbroken? I can see somebody scrolling that out on a wall in shock. Heartbreak enemy despise. It's like uh, Shawn Michaels' nickname, right? That's uh, he. That was his second choice, not heart the heartbreak kid. He wanted to go by heartbreak enemy dis- despise. You know, you said that in such a conversational and straight tone i'm willing to believe you i'm willing to defer to your sean michaels knowledge believe that but if i find out you're lying to me raleigh you know what's going to happen sweet chin music (laughs) and and you said that in such a matter of fact conversational tone that uh when you fly up here I'm going to block that sweet chin music. You know, James Green Jr. may be more sensual and in touch with his sexuality (laughs) at this stage, but I will still dispense sweet chin music if I feel I'm being disrespected. And then you'll hump a Canadian flag afterwards? No, I would never disrespect the fine nation of Canada like that. Good answer. Um, And I was very careful when I was in Montreal a few years ago not to make any overt references to the Montreal screw job, (laughs) Shawn Michaels, or Vince McMahon. Well, this song went to number one in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it did. So you got to have that respect, at least for this episode. We'll wait till... We'll wait till... uh, Too bad you don't have a sound effect of the Canadian national anthem to play right there. Let's see. Do I have that? Um... Oh, nope, that's not it. <laughs> oh. How, how Here dare it you? Here it is. That that was a, that was a mistake. This is what I meant to hit. <laughs> Shaving a haircut is the Canadian national anthem, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. Man, so like... So Shecky Green is just like living in your building now, or what? I don't understand what's happening. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The no next time you get laryngitis, I expect you to communicate fully through that machine. Yeah, that's going to be the whole episode because because we will definitely have a laryngitis episode. I look forward to that's gonna that's that gonna be, break it, records. 
we did an all visual episode <laughs> all visual cues um okay so yeah so you mentioned the um <clears throat> this is the last verse of original lyrics and in my opinion there should be no more verses because um, <laughs> we're we're getting to a point where i don't need to hear things repeated i'm okay with uh the chorus being repeated until the song ends but i don't need i don't need to hear that verse anymore it's a little, it's too much of a good thing um mm-hmm. the single version or the video version uh omits the repeating of verses mm-hmm. so i think in fact i think uh we don't need to listen to it but i think the video version is almost the perfect version of this song um because it keeps it keeps the little speech at the beginning and it omits the verse, keeps the bridge. Um, the only thing I would do differently, uh, I would have extended the end a little bit, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So here comes, uh, I don't know. I don't remember what comes up next. Maybe a chorus and then another verse. I don't no, know. there's no more chorus. No like more chorus. after this, well, there's a little bit more left of this verse, but then it's like, Nothing but chorus until we get out of this bitch. Okay. Yeah, so from here, I don't want to hear any more verses. So, well, you won't. Guess so, what, Raleigh? Good news. You're not going to. Uh, you sure? I don't uh, know. I think, based on, based I think on what I'm looking, based on the information I have in front of me now, uh, it's like, Uh-oh. it's all chorus. I'm worried because I think there might be another verse in this. Uh, really? Version. Yeah. Well, well, I don't want it to happen. Believe me. I hope you're right. We're now at the four minute mark, by the way, just in case anyone wants to know. <laughs> but this is on this is a very short verse. This I, is not a full verse. I don't even want it. I don't want it. Well, get it out. Take I it can't out. get it out, but I'm telling you, it goes by oh, yeah. like not fast enough for me. Yeah, the horn's doing something. But I, I don't need it. I don't need this. What was that 20 seconds it could have cut could have cut 20 seconds out of the song right there who needs that who needs that verse do you need it you you're, you I, seem to be okay with it because it's short riley i am at peace with all of the world's problems <laughs> but did you and were, were you did you want that to happen because we went into the chorus did it doesn't matter what i wanted riley <laughs> it did it happen matters. no it matters it matters our feelings matter 
Um, I mean, at this point, I just feel so, I'm just feeling a lot of nerves that, like, I know that the chorus is going to repeat so many times. Like, we've already heard everything we need to hear, yeah. and to me, it's like, the sooner that they wrap this up. Are you feeling that now, or were you feeling that at the end of the last verse? Because I was feeling it at the end of the last verse. I was ready, I was ready for, okay, chorus, fade out, but here we go. We're done. Well... I don't know. I mean, I just, I haven't heard the song so many times. I know that it's like, it's impossible to conceive of it ending before I know when it ends. I wish it would, but I, I'm, like I said, you know, there's nothing. It's not, there's something you, know, you it, can do. We can write a letter. We can, we can start a letter campaign to Michael Jackson and have him go back and edit the masters. Oh, you know, the nice song is good enough that like, if, it, if it's going to repeat, there are worse things to endure it's not like i'm listening to announcements at the dmv that's true but good but good enough but it could be better <laughs> i mean yeah you know it, it would i prefer if he threw out all these words for overt star wars references of course <laughs> do i wish we heard more from that greek chorus of his friends calling each other assholes in undoubtedly <laughs> But uh, you know, I've accepted my fate. They got, and that's he's got to leave us wanting more, not <clears throat> wanting less. That's that's my opinion. But this is the first track on the album, so I think it's like exactly. So it shouldn't be six minutes. <laughs> no, till, life was things were different in 1979, Raleigh. No, you know, man, you you wait till rock with you. It's gonna be perfect. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Anyway, rock with you is gonna do all the right things that's a tall order my friend it is i don't you're worry. really you're prognosticating <laughs> um okay so we're in the millionth chorus i think right now oh there's some guitar in the chorus yeah, we should be. We should skip right to this. Right, I'm gonna turn this down so we can talk over this part. Yeah, I, I love it. I love this section because it's like a. It almost like turns into like a Don Caballero part. Because uh, eventually everything fades out except pretty much the guitars, the two guitars, and uh, I don't know. The guitars become super prominent in this section, and I think it's an awesome way to end the song because it started in a, in a completely different place. Like it started more percussive, more. Uh, actually, it's the demo started more percussive, but the. The original version, the studio version, started more of... Uh, it was more balanced. Everything oh. kind of came in together. Although it was it was rhythm heavy. It yeah. ends with guitars, which is cool. I don't know. I don't know if that made any sense in what I just said. It made sense in, in, in buttressing your rockist worldview. There you go. And I think that's all anybody cares about. You cut, um, you cut right to it. Listen... Probably, I just, uh, it's okay. It's all right to like guitars. There's, there's no crime there. 
But it's not just it's not just that it's guitars. If the, if the song had started with guitars, I'd be okay with it ending with something else, some other element. It's just I like that it starts in one place and ends in another. Mm-hmm. Um, the video version and probably the radio version fades out before this, which is, yeah, which is a shame. Um, I because I think it's a cool part of the song. In my yeah. in my perfect mix of the song, it probably would have been about maybe four and a half minutes, four forty five, and would have ended with a guitar. Yeah, I definitely I mean it doesn't even go on that long, but uh, you know, it's what it, I don't I feel very uh I'm at like I said, I'm at peace with it because it's good and it's not a you know, those tracks on Dangerous that went on too long, man. That was like you were trapped in a gulag. Yeah. Yeah. For for a song that I think goes on a little too long, it's really just a little too long. The yeah. Dangerous tracks were way too long. Like, so much that I wanted to just jump out the window. I can mm-hmm. I can stick around for this song. For it, It's six minutes. There were parts I would change, but I can stick around for it. Now, if he does this five more times in the album, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> well, we're going to have we're gonna only have time words. will tell if we stand the test of time with Michael Jackson's <laughs> off the wall. I'm pretty sure everyone listening to our podcast also says the same thing about us. <laughs> like, I was with you for the first 25 minutes, but then the last uh, hour and a half of your podcast. You could have just ended it at any time. <laughs> yeah, and I think people need to realize that we're doing this not to impress anybody and not to like <laughs> win anybody's. You know, we're doing this because we feel compelled to do it as friends. Yeah, and I mean, if people don't like it, they can just stick it where the monkey sticks the coconut. You know? <laughs> I'm I'm also doing it so people out there writing songs just chill out with the repeating courses and verses i hope i hope that's that legacy that yaks and jackson legacy lives on long after we're done <laughs> and i mean I, if nothing else this will be very interesting for your daughter to listen to in <laughs> in several decades yeah she'll say why did my dad spend so much of his life complaining about how long michael jackson songs are <laughs> why didn't he just hit the stop button when he was done listening to the song Mm-hmm. If there even are stop buttons in the future, she'll be interviewed for like a Ken Burns documentary about the the 2010s, and she's <laughs> like, "Oh, sure, my father had a podcast, and he <laughs> discussed uh, the songs of Michael Jackson, and uh, you know, it was something he did to pass the time because then they didn't have instantaneous intergalactic travel." <laughs> yeah. We couldn't. You, if you wanted to get from New Jersey to the moon, you were out of luck because <laughs> you had to be a uh, NASA. And we couldn't. Uh, we couldn't telepathically remix songs through iTunes. Yeah. Yep. So that'll be interesting. I want to play the end of the demo version for you because the song just falls apart and they just stop playing it. That's kind of fun. <laughs> Keep 
<laughs> it's like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> I've heard worse collapses. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Oops, it's starting again. We don't want that to start again. That's very close to the beginning of um, the Jimmy Caster bunch. Hey, Leroy. I have no idea. You, did you I wonder that if up? that. Hey, Leroy was sampled in a Beastie Voice song. I don't remember which one. That's probably how most people know it, but hey, not Leroy. that part of it. Hey, Leroy, your mama's calling. Yes. Oh, your mama's calling you. <laughs> yeah. Let's find out after this commercial break. Of course. Oh, do we need Frylasek? <laughs> uh, this is for vodka. Here we go. Yep, see, my memory works. There you go. If I'm not mistaken, the, the sequel song to Hey Leroy referenced in its title or lyrics that uh, hey, it was something like, Hey Leroy, your mama looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Which <laughs> <laughs> seems like a, a lot of, that's a lot of words to throw into a song. It's a good title. Yeah, they were, Jimmy Caster Bunch is pretty cool. They did, uh, that, they did that King Kong that song about King Kong and they did uh, the troglodyte a series of songs about the troglodyte hmm. and Big uh, Big Butt Bertha Bertha oh, I, Big Butt I feel like I've heard that hmm. um, can you uh, speaking of uh, speaking of bunches making noise can you hear the bunch of people outside my window right now no yakking about non-Jackson things <laughs> yakking non-Jacksons <laughs> they're a bunch of yakking <laughs> <laughs> I can't see them. They must be on the. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. This is riveting podcasting. <laughs> I, I'm curious. Uh, I hadn't looked up any mod versions of this. There is a supposedly rare version of 1979 Michael Jackson and the Jacksons playing "Don't Stop Till You Get Enough." Something exploded. A live band. All the Jacksons have joined it on stage. It's fast. Don't stop till you get enough. It's Michael's own. Why am I hearing someone else talk over this? I want to be the only one talking over the song. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you have to go through time and give what for to that. Somebody else late. is yakking it. All right. We this. are the only ones who have been appointed to yaks on jacks. Is, uh, the same exact version. It's, this is live in New Orleans. Listen to that cowbell. Or whatever that is. <laughs> horse, it's a horse dancing on stage. Cobblestone. Did he just sing both parts? I can't tell. Yeah, all the other Jacksons are playing percussion. 
think I appreciate this live on the scene report from 1980. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this one. Somebody's guitar is out of tune. He's so happy to be doing this song. That's so good to see him so happy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, a happy Jackson is a happy world. Yeah. In the, do you, have you watched the video recently? Uh, the, like the studio video? Yeah. Yeah, pretty fairly recently. You have anything to? Would you like to reflect on anything from that? I mean, it was clearly before the video revolution, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> it's one of those things that really. Uh, I found the video to be very amusing in a kitschy way when I was a teenager, because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, this is because at that time Michael Jackson was. So, can you know, he was considered the top of the heap, and it was very interesting to see uh, his earlier years when technology had not yet caught up or they had not yet developed. And, you know, it was kind of this funky disco song, and he's falling through all that weird jello. <laughs> and he's also wearing, uh, you know, he's dressed in pretty conservative-type formal wear. He's not wearing, um, <laughs> you know... His uh, Liberace dictator outfits, yeah. but he does uh, he does uh, roll his sleeves up. He he rolls his yeah. Listen, he's up. Con- listen. He he the what he's wearing in there is like he's been at the bar mitzvah for several hours. You know, he's had a few drinks. It's time to cut loose. Roll those sleeves up and tell the DJ. You know, throw on some Jimmy Castor bunch because <laughs> shit is about to go wild. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a very fun video to watch. Um, it's basically him dancing in front of a green screen with crazy psychedelic. Well, not necessarily psychedelic, but no, more like like just gaudy disco. Yeah, just things, shiny things happening behind him. And uh, Studio Fifty Four meets Romper Room. And then uh, he's, he's dancing quite a bit, obviously. And then during the bridge he turns into three Michael Jacksons dancing with each other. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I about that. <laughs> when, and, do you think that's what inspired all those, uh, well, I guess not. I guess the Jackson 5 inspired, you know, those people who, like, they'll put, like, they'll put a pole <laughs> across their waist and have a bunch of mannequins on either side of them? <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that was like a big 80s uh, putting on the hits. Do you remember that show? It was like a. Uh, it was, no. It was like an earlier. Do you remember lip service from MTV, where people would just like lip sync? Yeah, kind of. This, this was like the predecessor to that, and I feel like people would get all dressed up. I'm sure there was somebody who did that, and then. I mean, someone something. definitely went on the Gong Show, did that oh, as yeah, the Jackson Five. What What do you? Call I, I, it? What is that I art tell- form? Huh? What is that art form called? I don't. I was gonna ask you. I don't know. I don't know how they. And I can't. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure this is on YouTube somewhere. But I used to have several hours of the Gong Show on VHS cassettes wow. taped from television. Unfortunately, that was that was uh, in one of my uh, 
romantic breakups that became like a hot property and it was seized by my ex what <laughs> yeah oh my god this is like the most insane thing she was very purposely like we were living together then i moved out very purposely she said i'm putting all your stuff on the porch and she was not the type of person who like would miss like not forget something like that <laughs> and i remember thinking like okay i don't have the key to the house anymore but the gong show tapes are still inside this is going to be some mountain i gotta climb later but I never did, and to this day, that's like, I feel that that's going to be the first thing if I run into her. That sucks. If you ever run into Ric Flair, you're going to have a lot to talk about. He, did uh, a girlfriend of he, his steal his gong show he, tapes? He experienced many of the same things. Uh, actually, I just listened to Ric Flair's podcast last week, and uh, uh, his, sorry, his last episode from last week, and he recounted stories of how he's lost many things in his divorces, such as like keys to the city that he's been given. Hmm. Well, that seems a little like uh, that's way more messed up than I mean, I would definitely would if, if it was the key to a city, I think I would be like, <laughs> hey, listen, you're just kind of being vindictive or something. Yeah. Um, but. And like I said, you know, all this this gong show stuff is probably all on YouTube now, anyway. But uh, yeah, but it's the principle. It's the principle of the thing. And also, P.S. Not if I run into Ric Flair, when I run into Ric Flair, because <laughs> obviously my career path is going to take me. I think you should send him a tweet and just say like, "Rick, I get it. <laughs> the gong show for me was your world title. Was your like sixth world title belt." It's interesting that you would think that he would have that written into the divorce paper somewhere. Yeah, you would think. I, yeah. And I can't, but I also can't imagine being like in such a, I guess I'm lucky I've never had any kind of breakup that was so bad that the other person's like, I'm going to take something super important to you out of spite, like something that's, you know, I don't, I don't have any awards or anything, so I don't know. I mean, nobody's a, like... If I did, I can't imagine being in a position. And I also can't imagine being the type of person who'd be like, well, I'm just going to keep this super important thing like this. If someone gives this, take someone's key to the city, is fucking insane. Rick Flair's <laughs> ex-wife, who are you? Well, I hope for our sake we do get nominated for a Podcast of the Year awards and we win them and we not lose them in divorces. Yeah, I mean, if we win a podcast of the year award, will they make two of them, or will we have to share it? That's a good question. Um, and if we, but listen, I'm the type, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy, Raleigh. If you, like, if we have a falling out, I mean, I don't care. You can have the award. And what possessions are fleeting, my friend? I don't want the award. It's just going to remind me of the times where we were podcasting and, and our our opinions were gelling, and I don't want, I don't want that around. <laughs> <laughs> Raleigh, I think if we'd made it this far, I can't imagine anything that would, because I've definitely put you in some nutty spots and you've handled it with ease. So I feel like we're good, so unless you go off your bean and. Well, if if anything does, if we do win the podcast of the year award, and it only happens to be one award, <clears throat> and they don't print them, they don't make two of them for us, and we get into a big fight and break up. I think we should make a pact now to send the award to Ric Flair. 
<laughs> I mean, we can make all the promises we want right now, Raleigh, but you know, when the force is strong and the passion is rising <laughs> and you're in that black forest of emotion <laughs> and heartbreak, evil desire, <laughs> I can't promise anything. I think we should give it, we should put the award in uh, the capsule with your daughter when you so when you send her to krypton you can be like when earth is about to blow up and you're like you have to go to krypton and be the last daughter of earth and take this award and then she has to explain to her kryptonian adoptive parents i don't know what this award means i don't know what a podcast is <laughs> I don't know what a podcast is exactly <clears throat> and why are you shooting me with razor with uh, laser guns you crazy machines <laughs> Yeah, why are she? That would be funny if she, like, it would be the reverse. She would be, like, super weak on Krypton and, like, everything <laughs> hurt her. <laughs> so she'd be the reverse of a, a super person. Not super, man. Maybe what's, she what's could become super. And is there, like, a hyper sensitive, super allergic superhero? I don't know. But, you know, what are we doing? This is podcast eight hours yet. That's, are actually, we, uh... that's a good comic. The, the, um, person's planet is destroyed and they're brought to another planet where they're allergic to everything they're allergic to everything in the atmosphere i could see that working as a too long saturday <laughs> night live sketch i could see that you know <laughs> all right well we have not quite hit two hours so i mean we could uh we could just babble for two 20 more minutes or we could just wrap this up and give our listeners a treat of a short Let's episode wrap it up raleigh all right do we do we dare uh, rate the song? <laughs> I mean, as we have, don't we? I think we have to based on precedent. Pass. Yeah. Um, so we've actually we have rated this song uh, offline in the past. Oh, do you have those ratings in front of you? Yes, but I don't want to. I don't want to tell you what it is oh, until you until, dirty until after. You until dirty after. old I, man. I can I can tell you. Uh, Songs from Dangerous, uh, your highest rating was Black or White with an 8.9. Your lowest was Keep the Faith with a 3.9. I gave Black or White an 8.9. <laughs> exactly. Yes, what the did. fuck was I on? <laughs> so now you only have you only have uh, 1.1 to work with if you're going up to 10. Or you can, you can be the kind of person that goes higher than 10. Well, why don't you rate it first, Raleigh? Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's right, fucker. I've read your book. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, the I'm having a hard time rating anything a 10. So I think my scale is actually probably to 9. Um, my my opinion is this, is this is a great song. Really, It really opens the, the album well, but it's too long. Um, a four and a half minute version, I would probably give a really high rating to possibly a nine. Uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, it's got one chorus too many and one verse too many. Uh, so I gotta get, I gotta give it an eight something. I'm going to say eight and a quarter which is which is easily the highest rating i've given a michael jackson song so far well i will give this song a 9.5 wow okay 
And I offer no further explanation. No explanation at all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a 9.5. Well, you know, it's not perfect, but it's pretty fucking close. Okay. Um, any final words on the song? No, I think we've, uh, you know, you I look forward it. to the next installment to see where we go from here. Yeah. Um, so just, just to let you know, you originally gave us a 7.5. And I gave it a 6. I mean, we've really matured. <laughs> I guess that's interesting because I think. Uh, well, listen. I mean, I'm not comfortable talking about my personal life, but I feel like that's a, it's a direct. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Raleigh. They, I clearly, I just <laughs> run out. I'm so, I'm so aghast by all of this. <laughs> all right. Well, next week, rock with you. Might even be sooner than next week. I don't know. I'm sorry that it took this long for this episode. Make no apologies. Tell no lies. Jackson Jackson. Get over here, asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Asshole. Ass, get your ass over here. Show me that dirty asshole, brother. <laughs> Shake that ass. <laughs> <laughs>